Welcome back, everybody. We're excited to bring you Season 2. We know you've all been waiting patiently. As the official podcast of the AYF West, the High Tuk Talks team is here to create content about Armenian subjects that will make us fall in love with what it means to be Armenian. High Tuk Talks is always growing and changing, so we hope you enjoy Season 2. And now, to our first episode of Season 2, Armenian food in the 21st century with Arazada. You are listening to High Tuk Talks, the official podcast of the AYF West. I'm Haig Minasyan. And I'm Haru Bird. And we're just a couple of Armenians talking in the world. A couple of Armenians talking in the world. So Ara, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank very you. happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be talking about Armenian food today. Um, especially as a diasporan, it tends to be one of those first things that non-Armenians will bring up, right? Like, I love Armenian food. And you're like, oh, what food do you know? And they'll mention like kebab, they'll mention hummus. And you're like, these are Armenian, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're it's they not crossover. so much. Yeah, it's not so much Armenian. It is Armenian, but, but, there's, but there's crossovers, so much, yeah, right? There's so much more to and, it. And so, I, you know, I, I try to explain it. It's kind of hard to explain uh, what Armenian food is. So I was very happy to see Lavash, uh, the cookbook, the come out a few years back in 2019, correct? Yes. I mean, especially as like people living in the diaspora, we want to be able to like continue those traditions and it's kind of hard for us. So first of all, thank you for making that accessible to us, you know? I mean, super pumped, super happy to do it. Uh, you know, we, we set out to, to make this book and kind of show the world what Armenian cuisine was about. So. Yeah. Oh, and it, 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 it's it's also just very aesthetically well done, you know, easy to digest. No pun, in, pun intended. Pun <laughs> in, I, had to <laughs> I had to make that joke. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so why did you call it Love Ush? So uh, the story goes, when we sought out to make the book, we came up with several different titles and we, we, we wanted to name it, you know, Armenia the Cookbook. And we, we knew that was going to, you know, take... 35 years to write and it was going to be 10,000 pages. It was just going to be too much. Uh, we wanted something that, that the general public would get attached to. Uh, one of the first ideas was, uh, bones, broth and barbecue, mm -hmm. you know, and just the three B's just trying to get more like the American public is what we were going after. And we kind of settled down on lavash because it's the center of every Armenian table. It is, you know, UNESCO, uh, um, Herit intangible heritage, yeah, heritage intang thing. That's what it is. And I will say, it is one of those things that whenever my non-Armenian friends do mention, oh, lavash, I'll be like, that is one of those things that is very Armenian. Exactly. You know? I mean, we wrap our babies in it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's <laughs> oh, I used to say, like, uh, you don't need forks or plates. Like, you can use lavash for literally every utensil that you need to it's, make. Yeah, <laughs> to it's, <the> it's, <laughs> it's the plate. It's what you use as a utensil. It's, it's everything. So we figured we... We'll call it lavash, and we'll wrap the book in lavash. So that's why you see the lavash kind of wrapping the book. It's it's, it's holding everything together. And you decided this before you went to Armenia. Or? This was decided before we went to Armenia. Yeah, yes, you had so an idea already before going. We did. We did. Uh, it's it. A lot of it was kind of put into place before we went into Armenia and did our big tour. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember hearing at one point that lavash, the word 
love meaning good ash coming from this old armenian word for food is that correct i mean do you that, know I, i've never actually heard that because josh heard that. the jo- word josh has ash in it and i remember someone saying that there's like a a, a root word there for That's, good food that actually could would make sense i've never yeah. actually heard that and it sounds amazing yeah, and i'm down <laughs> i mean that's that's amazing we'll say it's true we'll say it's true yeah so. for sure um but so just in case uh um you know because we just started talking about lavash and let's say someone doesn't know what lavash is we did kind of explain that it's kind of like a flatbread yes um could you tell us, you know, what it is? How do you make it? The so, basics, right? So super biased opinion, but lavash is the best bread on the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, it is actually very versatile. It's extremely flat. It's probably the lowest in carbs. It's one of the best, lowest in calories, lowest in carbs bread. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a flat bread that's traditionally cooked inside of a tonir. Mm-hmm. And a tonir is like an in-ground oven. Uh, you can make it's, it's simple ingredients. It's just wheat, flour, and the highly debatable yeast. So, mm-hmm. so, and we get to the making of that. Yeah, I was actually curious if, like, they have a different sort of wheat out there alone. You know, I guess the yeast might be so, part of it. So, oddly enough, um, when we set out to go there, we were looking for some sort of uh, wholesome milling and graining that they, the grain milling that they were going to be doing. And and most bakeries just use what's uh, bagramian flour, which is just AP flour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just an all-purpose flour. And uh, the secret to, to lavash is one of them is the tonita that they slap into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another one is what they do is, is they use, um, it's basically old dough, right? Oh. So, and, and, and what they do is they take this, the, a piece from every batch of lavash that they make. And they, they put it into the other batch. Isn't that a yeast thing? Like keeping the yeast alive? They do that mm. with beer too, right? Exactly. And that's, mm. that's, what, that's what they do. And that's how you get that slight leavening. You know, that's what they, that's how you get that, that it's slightly sour, but not, it's almost kind of like a sourdough method, but it's not. And in the way they start it, and this is, we've, I mean, we've gone on a tour around the nation and, and some people just stand up and they get really upset when you say you put yeast in it. Some people are just really angry about it. Some people understand it, but you start the process with a little bit of yeast or natural yeast, but yeah. you need to kind of kickstart it in a way. Yeah. And you're using a very, very, very small amount, and it starts the leavening process in this old dough. Mm. And then and then you put that little batch of old dough into your big batch yeah. of dough. And then forever, you never have to make that old dough again. You just take a Multiplies, piece. Multiplies, yeah. And then, and then now you're making a batch of dough, and then you're just putting that little old dough inside of it. Did you find this more as a regional thing, like in different like top to bottom Armenia or so that happens everywhere. Yeah. So mm. It happens it happens everywhere. They they basically take the dough and they they continually use it and you'll see all the bakeries and when I say bakery it's I mean it's not our bakery that we know around here. It's Mom and Pop Kitchen. It, or whatever, if right? that it looks like a garage that's yeah. open usually with a hole in the ground and then there's four ladies and they're just it almost is like a baseball team the way they <laughs> work together like one lady's rolling it out the Throwing other one throws it, like it a piece to of the pie, other person yeah. yeah the other girl whips Slapping it around it. like this and then she slaps it on the pillow that person yeah. slaps it in there's a hook lady itch. It's kind of crazy. Imagine if it all came from one original yeast lavash I mean, thousands of years ago. Yeah. It just continued. Yeah. Uh, well, do you think that might be part of uh, the difficulty of maybe bringing that, like the authentic lavash here because of like the transfer of that original, those yeasts from there to here? Is that so, possible? So, I mean, obviously the lavash in Armenia is the best. Yeah. A, a lot of it, I think, has to do with you being in the environment as well. 
But there's something to be said about the, the natural uh, microbiomes and the, the yeast that's in the air. That's yeah. why sourdough bread from San Francisco tastes the best. The yeast out there is better. If you take the yeast from like San Francisco or from Armenia and you bring it to LA, it becomes LA yeast. Interesting. They conforms. So that flavor changes. That, I mean, you can still get good lavash out here, you know? So uh, going into that, yeah. crazy important question. If someone to buy lavash here in LA, mm-hmm. what would be the closest resemblance or the best one in your What's opinion? What's your go-to brand even? So <laughs> this is a tough one because, I mean, you can go to markets like, you know, Super King or Valley Produce, you know what I mean? Or Victory Produce and, and see, yeah, and, and see a bunch of different brands. I particularly, there's a couple that are my go-to. I like Victory Produce uh, or Victory Bakery, right? Um, and I also like, uh, what's it called? Guri Lavash. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of has like a cr- kind of crazy kid that looks on top of it. And then also uh, for like a thin, thin Lavash, Aras makes a mm. good thin Lavash. So that's like, a, and they come in these little square kind of packs yeah. and it's like quick, easy to roll up for the kids. Um, good to know. Yeah, but I look for honestly, I I grab the lavash and I gr- look for whatever the softest. Is there a spot in LA that makes it fresh? Is there a tonier spot here? No, no, I, no, I haven't really so. seen it. You'd think no. you'd maybe see it in like a window in Glendale, would, but I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, I would hope that like somebody kind of does it, but we have a lot of restrictions about like right. fires and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why barbecue is kind of this is a hazard. There's a big hole with that, fire in it. Tony, it also that they use is extremely difficult to make. Right, it's like a bunch of clay. Like yes, yeah, so that's like something. Months. That's something I've been wanting to do and mess around with. At make the one house. in your backyard. Make backyard. one yeah. in the backyard. So I actually have one, Same. but really? not one that you could make lavash with. Okay. So I use it purely to make barbecue. What we do is like we hang it. The hanging one. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. So, but it's still closed up like completely. It's in the ground, but the clay rock that I use, the fire rock that I use, I can't slab. So uh, it's because it's bricked, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so there's a guy in Hayastan uh, on the way back from Gyumri and he makes Tonis and he ships them all over the world and he makes them out of the clay. And like, if I tell you the price, it's blow your mind. He makes them for like, $200. $200. No way. And it's going <laughs> to cost like, more to yeah. ship it. But it's it's a full size. And we have a blog post about it on our on our website. Mm-hmm. So, and he, he full on makes them and ships them all over. And all you need to do is dig a hole and put it in. Mm-hmm. And we went to him and, and I still want to get one from him, but I kind of want to challenge myself to, to make one and see what happens. I wonder if there's any coding restrictions, but it's okay. We won't. Yeah. <laughs> the state's not listening to high tube talks, not just yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, in the beginning, like I was mentioning, it's, uh, you know, trying to explain what Armenian food is. And in general, cultural things tend to be hard to like nationalize because it's, it's so mixed in with everything around us, the environment, like you were saying, too. Um, but if someone asks you non-Armenian, let's say, what is Armenian food? Like, what's your, you know, uh, one minute pitch, whatever. So I, I, I like to distinguish Armenian food from like. Western Armenian food from Armenian food in Hayastan. Yeah, I did want to talk about that too. So so when I say Armenian food, uh, you present it to somebody from LA and you, you're going to give them the heavy, the chorovads and the meats and the abundance of food. And and the like. The it's more of an event. Right. And that's what shows. In Hayastan, it's that same thing, but they eat a lot more greens and grains than we do out here. Mm-hmm. So here where it's just like, you know, pork chorovads and beef chorovads and lamb and, and it just goes crazy. They eat a lot more pork in Armenia than they do. They do. And, and that's a, a misconception out here. My family ate a lot of lamb. And when I went out there, it was, 
pork was what their it's, lamb was. Yeah, because know. here's the thing. There isn't a lot of, there is beef. There's a lot of beef, but not like we have out here. There is a lot of lamb because we're natural, you know, sheep herders. Mm. But that's kind of like you're eating your what you're making your money off of. It's the madag usually. Exactly. Like the, the, so the that's it. it has to be a yeah. celebratory thing. So you can kind of go and do the madag like on the street yeah. with the lamb. But it's not something that's very common daily. So more common is is the grains and the greens, you know, good good in the harissa and things like that. But, okay, but you, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Eastern Western Armenian thing because I, I tend to... And we kind of see it when we're in Yerevan and there's Syrian Armenian restaurants, yeah. right? And then there's non-Syrian Armenian. Which is Armenian very art. new. It's yeah. new, a lot newer. It's very cool. I mean, I, it, it was nice. And I think it's even like having an effect on the local cuisine as well, right? Like 100%. It, yeah, which and is very cool to see that. One of the biggest things it's done is serve service out in Armenia. Right. So the service aspect. Uh, I first went to Armenia very recently. My first trip, well, recently, I guess it's been a while now. But my first trip out there was in 2015. And in 2015... I kind of fell in love with it. And since then, I was going back almost every six months. And you're seeing it change so much within every six months, Every right? six months, it changed completely. Mm-hmm. And then when the Syrian influence came in, I mean, up until most recently, like back in the day, you used to go to a restaurant and like you'd sit down and somebody would show up and he'd be like, oh, sick. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> like, say it. And you're like, what? Say what? <laughs> like, I'm a, you're, aren't you? I, I don't understand. Now there's service. There's like a service aspect. I've had an experience where we were like, can we sit at that table? They're like, no. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. are you, yeah, like, what what are you talking about? about? And that mm. thing you were saying about just the influence and how much is changing in Gyumri specifically. Oh, yeah. I was shocked because I've been going to Aslan a long time. And since I've been like 10, it is completely different. And the food is like top notch, I think. Gyumri is amazing. And it's one of my favorite places out there. And a lot of my favorite recipes did have come from Gyumri. And we found a lot of really, really cool and different things because they have some of the influence that comes from Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the book, what we did was we circled completely around Hayastan. And, uh, I mean, we literally, I literally drove a car around it. <laughs> and we packed it in. It was me and two co-authors and my friend and a translator. And we drove literally village to village. Kind of the way to do it, though, if you're traveling. Yeah. Did, did you get a chance to go to Cherkezi Zor? It's a very good restaurant in uh, Gyumri, but it, it's uh, it's fish. That's what they specialize yeah, in. That's yeah. the one that has, it's like three levels. And then there's, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. There's like the, a little river. And, so yeah. there's the the marinated trout recipe that comes that's in the book. From it's there. from there. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. we. I mean, there's a lot of really cool dishes out in Gyumri. The city, the town, everything about it is is amazing up there. So, again, uh, uh be a tangent to yeah, that happens. No, yeah, I love it. No, uh, the Western or Eastern Armenian, uh, let's say, how would we describe maybe the difference there? Uh, so, so Western Armenians, um, eat a lot more spices, mm-hmm. a lot more heavy meat, mm-hmm. and it's it's an abundance of food with influence from almost every kind of culture that the diaspora spread out to. That too. So you get you'll have hummus at a table, but there's no hummus in Armenia. Right. You know what I mean? There's it's things like that. There's a lot more spices like sumach is being used and things like that where you're getting influence. In Hayastan, things are a little bit more simple to where you're getting you're getting meat but not as much meat as you are a, an abundance of greens and and the lavash and and different kind of vegetable preparations and it's it's the table is still flooded with things but it's not heavily spiced and a, a lot of people that I've talked to had when they said they first went to Armenia they were like the food isn't very good mm-hmm. and it's not that it's not good it's just different than what we know as Armenians out here yeah and I mean, besides the meat preparation, because in, in Hayastan, it's, it's kind of like they're like the fresher the meat, the better it is. Mm-hmm. But that's not the truth. You actually need meat to kind of age. Yeah. So you can't just kill something and eat it. 
yeah. like for beef, especially in lamb, it becomes tough. Yeah. But besides that, they the I mean they use three spices out there. It's it's salt and pepper, pepper and and, and uh, thyme. Thyme. That's it. Well, I was gonna ask you <laughs> what, like <laughs> what would be a quintessential like Armenian spice rack? Like those three. Let's so say. it's it would it would have to be salt, garmi biber, so red pepper, mm-hmm. and then uh, thyme urts. Urts yeah. is everything, and then also they use savory. So summer savory is a very common uh, spice out there, but they call it urts as well. So we had a hard time kind of picking out mm. what, because uh, we'd go everywhere and they'd be like, this is sarerun urts and this is lererun urts and this is zovin urts and this is, it's all urts, but it's all something different. Yeah. So. Do you feel the urts, I'm, I'm just curious about this. Do you feel the urts in Hayastan is a lot different than buying like time here? Sure. There's, so there's, there's different varieties of time. Mm-hmm. So, but in Armenia, they, like I said, they call everything urts. Yeah. So wild thyme and regular thyme is the same thing. They call savory thyme. They call different things. They just call it all thyme. So we did a kind of whole, have a whole like uh, herb identification process where we would take things apart and kind of smell yeah. them. And Kate and I would be like, is this, I think this is savory. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Like, I'm not sure. And we kind of went through and we have like these aha moments. But I mean, a, an Armenian spice rack, an Eastern Armenian or highest on Armenian, we'd be like salt. Red pepper, thyme, and savory, and you have all the flavors you need because you're highlighting kind of the ingredients more. So, you know, whether it's your from your influence in Hayastan growing up or even right now, what would be the essential things you would want to put down on a like Armenian base table for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah. So, what are the things you need to see? So, so that's. That's a good question. Um, breakfast wise, I basterman eggs or sujukhin eggs, mm-hmm. huge. Um, the pomidorov zavadzel. I love that. Right? Essential. That's, a, that's Essential. something I learned out there or I eat out there and I love that. I love yeah. That meal, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's tomatoes and eggs in, and it's finest, right? <laughs> it's so simple, but I, it completely eluded me. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, those are two keys. They have to be at the Armenian breakfast. Um, I'm kind of partial to khachapuri, but it's not Armenian, but I, it's everywhere in Armenia. Yeah. So ajaragan khachapuri. I love that. Yeah. yeah you can't beat you can't beat that. But it's not necessarily Armenian. Uh, oddly enough, like growing up, I thought that was an Armenian dish, mm-hmm. along with a bunch of other things yeah. that I was like blown away, and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Armenian. I didn't know that until I went to Georgia and I saw a place called like khachapuri king. Yeah. And it was like blasted <laughs> all over that. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Lunch wise. Um, it's gotta be, it's, it's a mix up of, I mean, lunch, I don't do like specific, specific lunches. Mm-hmm. So it's a mix of like dinner stuff as well. It's, it's going to be Chorovats for lunch yeah. as well. What would you be lunch I mean? in Armenia though? I'm trying to think right now. It, in my experience, it's always coffee. something like, cause they, you know, they're going to put a full table anyways. Yeah. So if it's something quick, like lunch, it's like a burum, you know, a quick sandwich. A yeah. Quick, like. Lavash like patatas. a lavash wrap or like a, a you're gonna find lehmajun and stuff like that yeah. but that's like fast food yeah there's like there is shawarma but that's not really armenian yeah. it's just it's kind of like a chorovats wrap that you would have with lavash you know what i mean yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's a quick on the go more or less you think they do just late breakfast and so like lunch is like kind I of i think that's yeah. it, it yeah. it's i mean there isn't really like a lunch hour yeah. a lunch time it's just like a sit <laughs> we're just gonna either gonna do breakfast or we're gonna do or. dinner type yeah. of thing and we'll have a coffee in between and maybe we'll throw in like a something in, uh, with the coffee yeah or yeah and it's the same it's kind of the abundance same for um for for dinner i mean you're gonna have your chorovads you're gonna have 
Uh, there's different fish dishes. Like if you're by Sevan, you're going to have mm. the Ishran. But it's yeah. standard. If, if you if for an Armenian table, you just got to have an abundance of food. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. There, the table has it. to be covered. The table has yeah. to be covered. There shouldn't be any room to move your cup and put it down somewhere else. It there has, has to, to be it. food left over when the meal is done. If there's if there isn't food left over, somebody messed up. Yeah, you didn't make good food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a person, you know, telling you, no, you got to eat it. Definitely, you got to eat it. Nope, yeah, you yeah, yeah. back out of this. You got to eat it. <laughs> you have to be forced until you're laying down. So maybe we can get at is the Arme Armenian food is the experience of eating food with Armenians. Oh, 100. <laughs> it is, it is. And I think uh, when I invite people to our table, one of the biggest takeaways they have is like, wow, you guys just you're so much mm -hmm. and and it's what we do it's we as an armenian if you finish the food like i said somebody did something yeah. wrong yeah like you and and you didn't make enough because somebody's just being polite you know what i mean or yeah it's just something wrong i can't say how many times i've heard someone say like oh you made so much food you know yeah it's yeah. like a compliment though, yeah, yeah. You know that's that? the that's the compliment you have to say that too <laughs> Because then it's like you're patting everybody on the eye. Like, yeah. wow, yes, I did. I <laughs> no, did do a lot. It's not good if the guest is leaving hungry. Exactly. Like, that's like, you know, uh, it's a no-no. Exactly. Um, and then for dinner, let's say. Like, what's an Armenian dinner? What would you see as an Armenian dinner? Armenian Maybe. dinner, it, it's like, if I say Khorovads again. Classic. It's right, classic. You're When you sit at an Armenian dinner table, you, you're going to order Khorovads. It's going to be on the table. So you're also going to have like the vegetable chorovads salad. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have different, you're going to have two to three different salad spreads. The Armenian summer salad, one of my favorites, always goes down. The classic. Depending on the time of the year, it's also very seasonal. So, I mean, this Armenian summer salad is summer salad because it only happens in summer out there. Mm -hmm. You know, here we get cucumbers and tomatoes all year long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in, in the wintertime, you're going to have more of a heavy kind of porridge. You're going to have pickled things, you're, right? a lot of pickles because um, everything it needs to cure needs to last through the winter. Mm -hmm. You're going to have harissa, you know, or gurgut, depending on where you are, yeah. you know, rolling through. So uh, it, it's really, it really changes through season, season to season. Sense. But a, as a classic Armenian table, you, you need bread. You need a ton of greens, mm. a ton of greens, bread, some chorovads, two or three different salads, and then maybe a few little kind of appetizer things depending on the region. Mm. But like pickles and cheese, you think? Pickles, cheese, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It Basically, half the meal is you picking up pieces of lavash with some greens, gananchi, and with some cheese, mm -hmm. and throwing it down. My favorite uh, that's thing. another thing. I didn't talk about is everywhere in Hayastan, uh, it's chad gananchi. And if for those of you who don't know what that is, it's it's basically a bouquet of mixed greens. Mm. And when I say mixed greens, it's thyme, parsley, dill, cilantro, uh, savory, and I mean it could be anything at that moment. And they sell it like bouquets of flowers at every grocery store. And the way they use it is is literally you just grab it, you take it home, you cut it in half flip it around and chop it up and put it on everything. Yeah, I've so, noticed it on the plate before, but I couldn't tell if it was, now I'm realizing it's probably a mix of It's them. a mix. I it's thought it was one, maybe. You know, it's everything. Vegetable. It's everything mixed together. It's it's tarragon is a huge one, is what tarhum, like yeah. that is, has to be there. So a little tarhum, a little lori cheese, a little lavash, and then everything else comes next. Uh, <laughs> next is the arak and yeah, the ori, or like you know yeah. the, the little bit of booze that you gotta add. The it, homemade stuff, the homemade juices that they have too. The, the compote, compote, yeah. Compote yeah. is is has to be there. A lot of ori, 
Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? The the homemade Oli will get you. The perfect chaser oh, yeah. to the Oli. Yeah, exactly. You should probably should chase, but still. Exactly. No, and I mean, I feel like a, that uh, kampoot would be is like a kid's dream juice. It, it's it's so sweet. Yeah. It's it, it's it truly is like what a juice is supposed to be. Yeah. It's, it's basically water with that fruit, added some sugar, and cook it down. So when you were in Armenia, did you guys, because um, Armenia, is some, you know, in a lot of places become a very rural area. Yeah. So did you end up finding yourself just being at somebody's house? Oh, yeah. And trying like their stuff. So so one of the best parts about Armenia is the hospitality. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, we went around the country talking about how hospitable Armenians are. And it's something that you would never you would never imagine it being in another country, being any type of person like here. We're hospitable. But over there, yeah. you could be any walk of life and they will invite you straight into their house. <laughs> they will feed you. They will make you sleep there. They'll it's, do your laundry for they'll you. They'll do everything. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, some, we walked into some kiosks. They, they don't have any money. They, it's like they don't eat. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then all of a sudden you show up and it's it's tablecloths are set out. Sit down. You're staying for dinner. You're staying the night. Yeah. And we're going to have breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's insane. I mean, we, we were driving to Artsakh and we saw some young kids. When I say young kids, they are probably like teenagers or something. Or uh, 20, oh, yeah, 21, older, yeah. 22. And they're, they're having a picnic on the top of a mountain. And as we're kind of driving and I was like, this is kind of, you know, we wouldn't picnic, you know what I mean? Four guys. Yeah. And we stop and I was like, four young guys like this aren't going to look at like a bunch of people and invite them over. They waved us over. Mm -hmm. They're like, what are you guys doing here? Join us. Have this badad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, some chicken, some lavash. What are you guys doing here? Take a shot. Now we're hanging out yeah. on the middle of the road randomly. And then they're like, where are you guys going? We said, we're going to Artsakh. They're like, first, you guys come with us down to our town and we're going to have lunch. We're <laughs> like, well, what's this? Yeah, you know, it, it's just something you don't see, you know, especially from four young guys hanging out. You'll even get like the old Armenian men, like five old men that look kind of scary, big bellies, you know, like yeah. I've been through some stuff, but then they'll turn out to be the most the hospitable, nicest. nicest people trying to speak, like communicate when they can't really communicate with yeah. you. And it's the funniest thing. Yeah, and yeah. So many people have stories like that. It happens time and time again. Well, so I did want to, you know, you're mentioning going through these regions, you know, uh, can you describe some of the differences you saw region to region? You don't have to go through all of them, but something interesting. So um, as you go further south uh, through Goris, let's say that. That's like Sunik, way south, yeah, right? Sunik, and and Goris is famous for their beans. Mm. Goris beans, everybody mm. talks about. Um, we went to a lady's house and she served us and showed us and, and some of the recipes made the book. Beans, seven different ways. So, I mean, there was a Gordy's bean pate. We did Gordy's bean triangles, which blew our minds. Fantastic dish. Uh, it basically looks like a bureg or a samosa, but it has lava. You take like fried beans, basically, yeah. like a refried bean. is, yeah. And then mashed up, you put it in and you roll it like those old footballs, paper footballs yeah. you used to play with. And <laughs> they fry it in some oil. Fantastic. That sounds amazing. It's incredible. It sounds like a vegetarian's dream. It's <laughs> incredible. It's, it's, I mean, it's a great dish. We make it for our kids all the time. Awesome. And, and so there's, it's a little more uh, vegetable heavy down there. As we went up, obviously you go through Sevan, you got, you got your fish, fish right? influence, the Ishan and, and they, I mean, they have literally uh, crawfish kebabs and things like that, that you don't see. Um, when you go up North to Gyumri, I mean, Gyumri's mix of food is, is crazy. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, there is everything from uh Ketle, which is the whole cow head. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, uh, you know, we marinated trout, which is more, it's like a ceviche yeah. out of yeah. trout. And, and I mean, it's just, 
the gamut is crazy. But one of the craziest, one of my favorite and craziest dishes from the book was the trip to Gyumri. I was told about a, a dish called Banar Khash. Banar Khash. Mm. And Banar Khash, uh, I mean, we all know Khash, or if you don't know, it's, it's yeah. just... It's one of my favorite cow foot soups. Okay, good to know. Right? right. We love khash too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just that's like of the tradition, every part of it, amazing. Yeah. Uh, Banar khash, you're like, oh, okay, this is, wh- what can it be? Just the cow foot soup with cheese in it. Cheese khash. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Somebody told me it's it's water and lavash and cheese in a dish. And I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> sounds, how does yeah. that work? That sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? And we basically traveled up there and you take, and, and, I, it was on my list because I have to see this. You know, somebody's telling me about it. It's weird and doesn't sound good. It turned out to be one of my favorite recipes. You basically cut up lavash into little squares. You layer it with different uh, cheeses, so different cheese layers going all the way up. So you lavash cheese, lavash cheese, lavash cheese. Then you caramelize some onions and butter, and you put it on top. Then you pour water over the top of it, and you bake it. And what happens is in the oven, the water melts in with the cheese and turns into a cheese sauce, and you have boom, Armenian mac wow. and cheese. I started thinking about French <laughs> wow. onion soup though for a second, right? Yeah. Like I started thinking about this bread and cheese thing melting on top of the soup, but then you said they pour the water on top. Water of it. on top. So basically, when it comes out, I mean, we make it all the time. It's 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 turned into one of those things because it can come together very fast. This is something grandmas would cook for their kids because you know they didn't have money. Yeah, was, you know what I mean. What do you have? Some cheese, some bread. I'm gonna make something. When we told them we wanted it to make it for us, they were like, no, 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 no. They didn't mm. want to make yeah, it. This is like, yeah. yeah, this is like peasant food yeah, is what they yeah, thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's make you some, they make chanach or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's just turned out now we have like, we watch football games and stuff and then someone would be like, and then we just <laughs> go and awesome. make Banarchash. It, it comes together fast. I love that. And that's what I'm hoping with your book, man. <laughs> like we all start doing stuff like that. Just the, from the village bringing those that. Dude, the peasant food in every culture ended up becoming the most best the, food of that culture. I mean, think like tacos, now, burritos, you know, look at Coco Van. Coco Van is like a famous, fancy yeah. French dish now. It's it's rooster in wine because yeah. that was peasant food. Roosters were tough. The, you know what I mean? Dude, the, the snails. Uh, escargot. 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 Is the, they were so hungry. They were eating the, you know. It's <laughs> most peasant food is the most delicious food yeah. because it's finding new creative ways. Have to get creative. To make things awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think Hosh is like that too. Hosh is, is definitely. Yeah, I mean it's amazing though. Last, <laughs> it is, but it's that last of the bone, you know, That's like it. you know, and uh, with whatever. I mean, you love Hosh. Yeah, and, so and I was gonna say I also looked at the pictures you had in the in the book, and I full heart as a Hosh utoh, like yeah. a guy who's lifelong Hosh utoh. Yeah, that is a Hosh table. I love that it. That is everything that you need I on love there. It. Uh, I didn't see tan. Maybe you could add the tan. That's tan, like uh, yeah. up for preference. Yes. But everything else, the tutu, the boch, the alcohol, oh, the yeah. lavash, everything was there. So we it. do it. And we do we do chash a lot. And we invite a lot of people to our chash table. And it's it's everybody, even the people that can't get behind having a big foot in your soup, <laughs> love it. And they love the experience. They love, you know, the sequence mm-hmm. of toasts. And, and it's just... It's being together cold in the morning yeah. and, and eating something that's like cultural heritage to the max. Yeah. And also it's amazing and very, very good for you. So we kind of, if you get injured or something, we just do chash in a mug. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's it's the to collagen go. inside of it. Um, I mean, I have a crazy story about a friend when he was young, he broke his collarbone and his mom gave him chash every day. <laughs> and when he went to the doctor for his first checkup, the doctor said, I've, I've never no seen way. this. He goes, your bone's fully healed already. No way. He said, it's never happened. 
That, so it's, I mean, that amount of collagen pumped into you, it's nothing but good. That makes a lot of sense. I've never broken a bone in my life. <laughs> and I, gosh, like I'm telling you a few times every year, you know. Oh yeah, we do it now this season. So I do it. I have a pot that is extremely large. I want to say extremely, this is a commercial, like it's, I'm no, no. I mean, it's, it's like three feet <laughs> and it barely fits under the hood of the house or in the, in the kitchen. So it goes to the top and we make, it probably holds like 30 gallons. Oh, wow. And, and so we make a lot of hash and then we freeze it. And then oh, basically mm. you just bust it out. And then it, it's the process of, of making it isn't that long, but it does take a while. You yeah, but I mean? it's worth it. It's 100%. I think that's it. what makes it like great too is that long process. Have you ever have they told you about like the the supposed super real way of eating kosh where you're supposed to like put as much lavash as you can yeah. and you're supposed to eat it yeah, with yeah. your hands yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. So the Anthony Bourdain episode by I the did. way where he's like <laughs> Yeah. So the, the the super traditional way of doing it is crushing up enough lavash inside of it so it turns into a porridge and you eat it with your hands with more lavash. I'm not a big fan of that way. <laughs> it just, it becomes so filling. I like to eat it like a soup. So I do crush some lavash in there, mm, but but yeah. I like to eat like a soup. And like the saying goes, like your bowl is always the best bowl right. because you're making it yourself. So you're like, my bowl is the best. Yeah, my yeah. bowl is the best. It's it's all, you're seasoning it at the table. Yeah. So that's like the beauty of it. It's supposed to also be a great hangover cure. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> I've never drank before. <laughs> um, but uh, so did any of these meals you had out there remind you of anything like from your childhood or from home, like from what your family was making, you know, as an Armenian, right? Like any so, connection there? Uh, dolma, definitely. Yeah. Dolma was definitely something that I, I grew up with. They do have the cabbage dolma out there, which is a little different. Yeah. Still, so I the pasta like dolma doesn't have meat in it. And it, there's a lot more beans that they use out there than I did growing up. Uh, when, but we ate a lot of the grape leaf dolma. That's what we call doma or the summer doma, which is yeah. the stuffed doma. But they, it's everything. Everything is doma out there. Yeah. So that I would say is is probably the most, the closest to what I grew up with. Right. Like when the first time I went there, I was blown away. I was like, I don't know any of this mm. food. Yeah. This is crazy. I was like, none, none of this is is. I mean, we went to like this one of the Syrian influenced restaurants, and then they had chikefte, and I was like, yeah, this is my. Shit. I know this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, because your family's from Egypt, right? Egyptian yes. Armenian. Yeah. So you grew up with the Western Armenian. So yeah, that's you know that was always that was my go to as a kid. You remember the first Armenian meal you ever could could ever remember? It was chikefte. 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 I mean, when I was a little kid. I used to walk around calling people chikeftes. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, you're a chikefte. You're a chikefte." I used that was my favorite thing to eat. It's still one of my most favorite things. I was going to ask eat. if it's your favorite Armenian dish. It's, it's one of the favorite, huh? So, one of my favorite, yes, I, I would say. It's got the sentimental value. It the, definitely the, the has right. sentimental value. It's definitely it, it hits close to home. I mean, my mom's chikefte is right. the best chikefte. Of course, you know what I mean. <laughs> I agree. It's, so it's it is, it's something that I grew up with. Uh, Armenian dish. Favorite favorite Armenian dish uh, would probably be lavash wrapped trout. Yeah, I would say it's in the book. Interesting. This uh, this meal is it in the book? It is yeah, in the yeah, book, yeah, right. and that was that was one that that kind of took took us by storm. Uh, yeah. And it is very very easy to make. It, it's basically you take a lava, uh, you take a trout, you put a little butter inside with tarragon, and you roll it in lavash like a burrito, and you bake it. And then it comes out after 15 minutes, it comes out this, this beautiful steamed fish inside with crusty, flaky lavash on the outside. So it was, um, so then did you try the one at Zukidzor and Gyumri? Was that the one where you were like yes. blown away? Yeah. So those, that's basically where 
in in Sevan, and then it goes up and moves around. Like I mean, all a lot of those regions make lava shrap trout, and it's a staple, but it's not something we know about here. I didn't know about it till I think I saw Anthony Bourdain eat it with uh, Serge Tankian or yeah. something, and I thought that was maybe just a restaurant thing, like they were being fancy with Armenian ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and it looks like it's a, like it's actually a, thing they do. It's a big thing, and I didn't know it until I kind of toured around and. And it's so easy to make, and it's so delicious. It's kind of crazy. I love fish. I love lavash. I yeah. love sandwiches. So what would be your favorite meal when you were in Armenia? Or like the, ex- the favorite oh. meal experience you had. Maybe. Yeah, because that goes like, into it too. You know, the best vibe you got with it. Best, this is the best. Yeah. Top of Mount Aragats. Khash. Khash, yeah. Right by the, the lake. It's easily the greatest experience. You take the drive. It's the second tallest mountain in Armenia. I guess maybe the first now. But <laughs> right, I know what you mean. It, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you but climb the mountain at all? I didn't. I, I kind of strolled around. It's kind of hard after a chash meal to, yeah. to, to move a lot. So but and it's always cold up there. By yeah, the way. It can I'm be the so happy you said that too because I've been there mm-hmm. and I this amazing experience to be up there. And they give you a little piece of gum afterwards. It's like the it's, topping of everything. I'll tell you if 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 nobody knows what we're talking about, basically you drive up this mountain road. That's it's it's like almost like a one lane road for about an hour and change and you go up to it looks like there's nothing forever and you kind of hit this tiny little lake and when i say lake it's more like a pond yeah and it almost looks a man-made it's kind of, yeah it's and not, it looks like know. there's two houses up there which look like they they're unoccupied they but could they be are. abandoned yeah, yeah and then there's like a power line and then there's <laughs> this restaurant that for sure they're not going to be open and it just seems like something wrong is going to happen and you walk in and they have the best hush ever and you can eat it if if the weather is right and i've been up there when it's been like very windy mm-hmm. but you can eat it outside as well and what they do is they serve the chash on these beautiful uh ceramic bowls and then underneath the bowl there's another bowl that holds coal and the coal keeps the chash hot while you're having your chash party it's fantastic yeah. And the vibe in that whole like building oh is just God. amazing. Like strangers yes. with each other are just vibing, to- toasting, and having the time of your life, and it's incredible. And usually, you go up there uh, with a taxi guy. Right. Uh, yeah. That's what we did, and you invite the taxi guy to your dinner or lunch yeah. or what breakfast actually with Kosh. So well, he's gonna be there. He's, he's like, gonna I'm be gonna there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and it's very. It's not even like a strange thing. It's just totally it's normal. normal. Like, You're like, aren't you coming in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to eat with us. You know, in Armenia, you do become friends with the driver. And oh yeah, the tour guy and then and now you he's your driver for the rest of the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah, drinking with you too. Oh, of exactly. course. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> after after the first bottle, they're like, "Are you gonna drive?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." That's why I'm stopping at one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, there, there's a whole thing with seatbelts out there where they, you know, what you don't trust my driving yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, no, no. That's yeah, I don't trust your driving. Exactly. <laughs> but um, well, I, I did want to take it back. So like, uh, you know, you grew up with maybe Western Armenian food back yeah. at home, and uh, you know, like, did you study a little bit more about like your like the education? Let's say like your early career. Like, did you were you always in culinary? Um, did you th- know you were going to end up doing something like this? You know. So uh, growing up, uh, I always I was always in the kitchen, and my experience in the kitchen was strictly this might sound weird was just to play with knives. Yeah, no, so, that's normal. You're and uh, I was a little kid. I thought <laughs> I wanted to be Peter Pan and flip knives. And, I get that. <laughs> and that's uh, my only. My mom said the only way you're going in the kitchen is if you're actually going to cook something. So and and I started cooking and cu- chopping up salads and and stuff like that. It's just to kind of be in the kitchen. And I kind of went into the family business, which was printing. 
Okay. And then I found that, you know, I was going to work and then coming home and then like everybody's just so wound up. And what I was doing to kind of like decompress was uh, cooking. Make some cool dinners for Yeah, I was family. just making dinner. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go to culinary school. I kind of like this. Yeah. Kinda good at it. yeah. I was like, I want to just do this instead of, you know, be everyone yelling at each other all the time <laughs> in a family business. You know what I mean? I need to get away from the family. For yeah. A bit. It's everyone, <laughs> everyone, you wake up together, you go to work and then you come home and you're still talking about work and it's like, okay, I, I need to just get out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that going crazy, but that's yeah. also. So, I mean, I was trained in, in, uh, French, uh, traditional French cuisine. Um, I went to Le Cordon Bleu and yes. in that kind of stemmed into everything else. I mean, I grew up born and raised in LA, so my flavor profile is is very Mexican and Japanese influence. Right. You know, like a normal LA person. Well, now it's yeah. Korean, by the way. <laughs> now Korean, now yeah, yeah, Korean, yeah, the Korean influence. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Armenian food is always there. It's always been near and dear to my heart, but I've always kind of left that up to my mom to make for right. me, my mom, my grandma. And it wasn't until I went on this adventure that it just became, you know, our focus yeah tell, tell us the inception story like what you know where you sat down and you were like we're gonna do this you know so uh what happened is i went to armenia and the first time was just kind of like just to be a tourist 2015 right? 2015 that's 100 that was the 100th uh, yes uh, the, yeah uh, it was the anniversary yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the genocide yeah. It, it was the 100th anniversary and um we went up there for the oh, bad Armenian now, but I forgot what it's called. Mm. When they do the, the christening, the, gra the, the grapes, the, the, no, the they grapes? bless the oil every seven years. The, the Holy Moran. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know what the yeah. festival is okay. called. So they, uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing good. Though. Yeah. We're all right. We're all right. We're trying our best. So, uh, and then when I came back, I was like, man, I, there, the food I didn't understand. And I got partnered up, uh, with, by, by the, the president or director of TUMO, uh, Mary, right. uh, Mary, Mary Lou Papazian. Yeah. She wanted me to meet up with uh, John, who she had invited as a, um, a food photographer. Okay. So John had an idea of writing a book. Mm -hmm. And when he did uh, his food photography out there, his food photography uh, demo or his class, he came back and he spoke with Kate, who is already a, a cookbook author, mm -hmm. and said, hey, there's, you know, I want to write a book. And I just, I think there's a book about Armenian cuisine. And Kate was kind of like, yeah. And it just so happens that Kate's neighbor was Armenian. She's, yeah. she's Irish American. Mm. And it just so happened that she wrote her, her, uh, her college thesis on uh, American Armenian. Uh, she did? Yeah, she did. What are the chances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, so, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And so, so. They kind of had this idea of brewing. And then when Mary Lou introduced John to me, he's like, look, you might be the missing piece the to this yeah, puzzle. Connecting, yeah. You know, uh, we need kind of needed somebody that was Armenian and you're a chef and, yeah. and you know what I mean? Like, maybe we can work together. Would you like to work on this project? And I was all in. I was like, this is incredible. I'd already gone to Armenia. I taught cooking classes in Armenia. And I was like, hey, you know, there, there's a book here to, to show the world, yeah. you know, what Armenian cuisine was. So, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to say that it was my idea. It wasn't my idea originally. Oh, yeah, shout out it to John. Was John, John, this John was the one who was like, hey, I want to do a book. He kind of put this puzzle together and it, it worked. It worked for all of us. You know, we, we sought out to write a cookbook to show the general public what Armenia is about and Armenian cuisine is about. And it wasn't just to write a cookbook itself. We wanted to show photography. We wanted to show the country. We wanted to show the world that there is a country called Armenia. Yeah. And we shopped around to every publisher for this thing. And Chronicle 
gave us an opportunity. And I mean, we jumped on well. it. And shout out to Kate as well. Yes. So was someone the photographer and then one of them helped with writing? Like a, it was So, so we, we worked as kind of like this dream team. Uh, yeah. John is an amazing food photographer. Okay, um, John's and photographer. Yeah, and yeah. He's, I could tell. He's Sean. I mean, yeah. he's incredible. Like, yeah. I We'll go around places and like we saw things and he'll pull out his phone and he'll take a picture and I'll hand right behind him. I'll stand right behind him and take a picture and yeah. I'm like, why does yours look so good? <laughs> like just, I just want to be where you are. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that was something, he's just incredible. And Kate is, is an amazing writer right. and Kate is also, um, uh, she's worked in kitchens several times so she's a chef as well. And I am a chef and a recipe developer. Right. And so the so trio it, came together. It all works. So Kate and I would write recipes. <clears throat> uh, and then w John would do the pictures. And we kind of all pieced together. And we did our tour together. And, and it was just like, it was a team. That sounds so fun. Yeah. What a fun project, you know. Yeah. It was amazing. It yeah. was amazing. And it's, 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 I mean, we still, I mean, I'm going up to San Francisco this weekend, you know, to still shoot more videos. So we still work together. That's awesome. So. Oh, this one's that you know, this one is pretty relevant to you guys right now, actually. So you're having guests over, mm -hmm. you know, let's say they're important people. Not like, how about this? Not me or Harut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not me. Yeah, not me. Him. <laughs> let's say your kid is getting married. Your in-laws are coming for the first time. Sick. What are you preparing for them? What is the from beginning to end? What is the meal? OK, we're going to go. We're going to go Armenian. Yeah. Okay, it has to be Armenian. Right, okay. you got to impress them. Yeah, it's it's, it's got to be Armenian. So, so appetizer, we'll probably throw down uh, like a charcuterie board. Nice. We can get to my charcuterie action after, but charcuterie board, basturma, sujuk, some lori cheese, a little jingle of hots, kind mm. of on the board, set it up nice, right? Appetizer, nice set. Dinner would probably be a summer salad with a chorovad salad as well. Uh, with the lavash wrap trout because it's incredible because we're coursing this thing out right it's yeah, gonna be yeah, plated fancy yeah, dancy yeah, right yeah, yeah, exactly, okay yeah. your your child is getting married he's and not you need to impress <laughs> i'm already she's, sold she's definitely not they're not <laughs> they're not allowed to get married <laughs> no that's it <laughs> but uh, hypothetical, hypothetical. <laughs> that's it uh how about dessert Angel? so dessert we're gonna go with uh goris baklava Mm. So that is is a different baklava than what everybody knows. So, no, there's no, no beans in this one, <laughs> but it's just it's a bean pate with chicken. No, <laughs> imagine yeah. So Gordy's baklava is a little different. It's not that heavily layered, um, you know, with phyllo dough. Mm -hmm. It's not like that at all. So there's there is walnuts in there. The dough is only like about three or four layers. You can make it at home, and then you use uh, kind of it's like a meringue, but it's not. It's whipped egg whites. So it rises, and the that recipe is in the book, and you can make it at home. Mm. So it's a little bit more creamier. It's well. it's served a little bit more like a like a square boot egg would. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Okay. And 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 then you serve that with some Armenian coffee, and that's it. Gold. Right. We're in. Right. <laughs> like your now we're marrying yeah, them off. Married, yeah. They're all getting married. <laughs> Congrats. <That's> Congratulations. <laughs> um, but so, okay, we've mentioned meals and like dishes that you like, but I did want to ask, is there something that you particularly aren't so crazy about in terms of Armenian dishes? If you had to pick one, I'm sure they're all So great, nobody yell at me, but I don't like harissa. Harissa, huh? Harissa and gurgut. I'm not a big porridge guy. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not... It's not that it's bad. It's just that I don't particularly like it. I don't, I, I'm not going to, if somebody serves it to me, I'm not, not going to. Yeah, of it. course. And it could be done really well by someone, yeah, but it could be great. I mean, it's, it's, it is, I understand it, 
and I get it. I just don't. I'm not a big porridge kind of person. Did your mom ever make it when you were growing? Never. Up? Yeah. No. I don't think my mom ever made it either. But by yeah. the way, they make harissa in Pakistan as well, and it's actually one of those trade uh, things that we share with them randomly that they somehow adopted from Armenian. I don't know, but well, it's uh, uh, we were through the Silk Road, so the Silk Road went right through Armenia, so it kind of ties in. I think harissa is one of those like uh, again peasant foods. It was like oh, hundred percent. Right. I mean, you're just beating wheat. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just you're beating it and then you're putting some chicken in there. Yeah, I think the story goes for the Musalets. They ate it 40 days straight, you know? Oh, right, when they were surviving. Yeah, they were like stranded and so they had very few ingredients. So it was literally lamb and, you know. Yeah. I. You know what? Uh, there's also another, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of Echmiadzin Kifte or Gavari Kifte. I've probably seen it on the menu. So it's, so it's not... It, if the gavari kifte way is is better, I think than the etchmiadzin kifte. Basically, it's meat that's beat up so much. Mm-hmm. They used what they used to use is a rock, and there was this is basically a rock that they used to take meat and beat right until it turned into mush, and then you beat it and beat it and beat it until it turns basically into a paste, and then you whip it with some herbs and uh, vodka, okay. and then it turns fluffy. It kind of aerates, so it's kind of like. I don't know. Have you ever had like a meatball in like a pho or like a yeah, like an Asian yeah. noodle? You know that spongy. Yeah, has like a, that's what this is. Interesting. But if you do it the the gavari kifte way is or it's etchmiad. It depends on where you are. Basically, you they they wrap it in like a little lavash bun and they stuff it with butter. So when you cut into it, it oozes the butter and then it makes up for it. <laughs> I was someone asked me that recently. By the way, they were like, "Do, do Armenians use olive oil or butter?" I was like, "I think at least in Armenia, butter is more of a thing." So there's no olive oil. Yeah, it, it's maybe, all sunflower oil out there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of sunflower. You're sunflower right. oil is what they use. If you ask for olive oil, it'll be a very tiny, small section in the in the grocery store. If stores. you're Giligia Armenian, you know that would make more sense. That yeah, there'd be olive oil there if you're Kesabti or something. But yeah. no, yeah, in Armenia, I was like, so why is it that they butter. use sunflower? It's just readily available. There's a lot of sunflower. Yeah, yeah, it's readily available. That's that's the oil that they use for everything. Mm. So, I mean, salads, uh, cooking, frying, it's all sunflower oil. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, or butter, you know. Yeah, they love their butter. Yeah. I'm Gumeretsi, you're Gumeretsi, right? Half. Yeah, I'm a half Gumeretsi as well. But I asked my grandma, I was like, have you heard of Banrkha? She said she doesn't remember, you know. Really? But they're, but they're also old generation Gumeretsi. They've been in America for like since before the genocide. Gotcha. So that's a, yeah. a little old. But I, I mean... It's. I grew up eating borscht though, and like yeah. the like the Russian things, and I was like, I didn't understand. But you probably noticed some of that there as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's a huge influence that comes around from everywhere. I, I was gonna ask actually, like, uh, what are some influences you notice in Armenian cuisine? And let's say in Armenia. So one thing that's everywhere is salata vinaigrette. So and that's we did put it in the book. And and here's the thing, the book wasn't. Hey, this is Armenian food. This is from Armenia. We created this. Yeah. This was a timepiece. It was. It was. This is what they're making in Armenia now, and have been making for several years. This is what the experience this was. This is what it is, yeah. and it's. It was basically flying through. So we are not staking claim to everything. So yeah. there is dishes in there that aren't necessarily originated from Armenia, but everywhere you go in Armenia, somebody knows about it. Yeah. Type of thing. You can. You can get it served there. No, it's it's. T- I, I always tell people like it's it's like a not worth the fight of trying to create these borders around yeah. music and food and a lot of these things. Exactly. You're, at one point, you're gonna see that oh, there is a little bit of an influence from here to there. Of and course. It's, like, it's it's really it comes down to regional and what like the geography has and what foods are you know from yeah. that area. So, salata vinaigrette was is one of the ones. So it's a it's a it's a salad that um is is it has uh, beans pickles. And, and a bunch of different things, beets in it, and the stuff you wouldn't actually know for it to be too good, 
but it's an incredible salad and you can have it anywhere. So all through Armenia, you can order that. Salads have vinaigrette. Yeah. Is this a Russian? Would you it's say a Russian. It's like a, like 100% a it's Russian. a Russian. I mean, you put pickles and beets in anything, it's Russian. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It, 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 and then throw some herring in there. And herring, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I actually had a very personal, very interesting question. Why can't Armenia figure out how to make hamburgers <laughs> or pizza or what's the situation here where they, it's Some like, Armenians are doing okay, but uh, you know, they're getting there. It's yeah. like, they've never had it before, but somebody yeah. described to them what the ingredients are. Oh my God. There's so, m- so many things like that in Armenia. So, m- I mean, I had nachos once and I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know how you messed this up. <laughs> I'm really confused. You know, I think what it is with hamburgers is everybody thinks they're making lula kebab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It just yeah. tastes like that. So, kofta, like, like, yeah, that's what we were just making kofta, and you're putting a bun on it. And you're like, no, you can't season it like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's different. There are places that do a better job. Um, Pizza-wise, it, it has to be the cheese. The mm. cheese is different. So, they're not really using mozzarella. They're just, like, slapping some lodi on there. Yeah. And it's so salty that it, it just, the experience is different. Mm-hmm. So, it, it just... I, there are a lot. I mean, I was challenged last two two times ago when I was there. My buddy was like, "Man, I just really want some tacos," and I was like, "I can do this. I can do this here. Make it? Hell yeah. I can do this." And I was like, "We're gonna have a hard time finding tortillas." We went to the sauce, and we did find like one pack of tortillas, but they only had one. <laughs> yeah. and it was like it was like ten dollars, and I was like, ten dollars in Armenia will feed a family." Like yeah. I was like, "You know what?" We're not going to buy the one pack. We're going to do this with Lavash. And I made awesome pastor tacos with, and it worked because look, hey, they have the season. They have the spices, mm. you know. Yeah. You just need somebody that knows which ones to grab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and someone who's tried it before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, by the way, Al Pastor has a Middle Eastern influence. It's Lebanese. Yeah, it comes yeah. from Lebanon. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the Lebanese people that so, migrated to Mexico. So you just grab a, go to Shawarma, please grab the meat from That's the taco out of it. Straight up, dude. The tacos de Arabi is the, what they used to call yeah. it. Yeah. There is, a, by the way, there is one or two Mexican restaurants now in Yerevan that are pretty good. But there, there are. You know what? The food game in Yerevan has been there. getting getting there, a yeah. lot better. I mean... Look, when I first went out there, I'm, I'm a sushi fanatic. And when I first went out there, there was a sushi bar. And I was like, yeah, sushi. No, no. And it wasn't very good. But now there are six of them in Yerevan. Yeah. And, I mean, I had one out there that wasn't too bad. There's a couple Mexican restaurants. There are some burger spots that are opening up. There's an amazing Thai spot that I love. Uh, Wine Republic is very good. Wine but- Republic is good. Some things they just aren't getting right. I mean, we had my buddy took us to a place. And he goes, dude, they have really good tacos. And I mean, they, they put a lot of weird things in this taco yeah. and it's like, they say, you know, if they, you serve tacos in that metal taco tray, yeah. saying, you know, it's going to be a bad taco. Yeah. I mean, there was ketchup in this taco uh, <laughs> yeah. and it was, I mean, I don't know who told them what a taco was, but yeah. they didn't do it. Well, then you, ha- you ask for more spicy then they're like more spicy. Yeah. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. more sp- and it's not spicy. <laughs> no, 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 no. More spicy, please. It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. They don't like, there are some things that I, I feel like people have, it's like somebody's cousin told them they need to do this yeah you know what i mean <laughs> this is what you, you just need to put like your boots on the ground and then be like that that's it's easy the, the spices are there yeah the trial and error they'll, yeah they'll, they'll get there um but i mean speaking of uh a lot of people will go to armenia and it's like an almost like a rite of passage that you'll get sick one time right like a um I always think about like why is it that we get like sick is it like the bacteria or something that we're just not used to on like an animal <coughs> level you know uh, what do you think? So I, I've heard this a lot and I've heard people say it and they're like, oh, I just got sick. It was the meat. It was this. It was that. And I, I, I have a hard time believing 
that they really got sick from the meat. I a lot of the times it probably is the heavy dairy. Mm. So the cheese, every cheese that we eat out here is pasteurized. That means it's blown out of the water with heat and then, you know, everything is dead inside. The cheese will destroy you more than the meat will. Here's another thing. They cook the meat to death out there. So it's not going to be the meat because first of all, they just killed it. And second of all, they cooked it for 45 minutes on high heat. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's and that's why it's, it's like pretty much chewing on a baseball. But now things are starting to change. And people are understanding you need to age the meat. Uh, you know what I mean? They're cooking meat medium rare. And things are changing in Yerevan and spreading out. Right. Uh, I, I don't I don't believe people are getting sick. Be the water? No, not it's not the water. water. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's just, the we can't touch the water out there. That's the best water on the planet. I love yeah. it. People, like, so, people are like, oh, can I drink the water? I was like, you can drink the water from a river. Yeah, no, It's the greatest pulpulag. You know what I mean? You walk Literally by it, anywhere. Pulpulag. By the way, the Aragats, uh, the mountain we were talking about, if you can get high enough up there, there's like the best, the most pure, clean water you'll ever have it's, in your life. Uh, yeah. There's something about the water out there. And I mean, you go out and just through the villages and you see a pulpulag and you're like, I'm in. Yeah. You know, you just bend down and you drink it and it's I awesome. Love that. I love that we have that out there. It's so good. It's so good. All right, Anna, um, is there any new projects or, you know, things you got going on right now? I'm, I'm curious because, like, you did this big project that you hadn't done anything like it before and, you know, how is this, like, now, how did this affect your trajectory, you know? So, um, with, with the book, we did a major tour and um, we we went around. We had a lot of other things planned through COVID, and COVID struck, and, yeah. and it, it kind of shut yeah. it shut everything down. I mean, we had we had dates in like New York that we were supposed to do, and in Toronto, and and I mean, I was supposed to do a pop up uh, at Marcus Samuelson's restaurant mm -hmm. out in New York, and so it kind of halted everything, and it kind of moved everything to like social media, yeah. and and we started our YouTube channel, and. Uh, our hopes was to expand more on the YouTube channel to try and get a, a deal to do like a lavash part two, but a video aspect mm -hmm. and basically go to Armenia and show the hospitality of Armenia mm -hmm. and, and do that through a live video like project. So it would be like a four or five episode type of deal. And we still have hopes of doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that all kind of slowed down obviously through COVID and it, the, the chefing stuff it all turned digital. I did start another project though, and basically a lot of the cooking things, everybody shut down, and I, I started doing art on pieces of wood, so burning wood with electricity. Oh, I know that. I, that's, I, th I think I saw it, by the way, on your page, and it's insane, but I've seen other people do it on like TikTok, and so, so I don't even know where I've seen it, you know, but it's dope. Basically, what it is, I saw it online uh, a couple years ago, and then uh, I basically was bought... Uh, Diana bought me this machine. <laughs> the electrifier? No, no, she bought me a transformer <laughs> and because I was infatuated with it. So I built this machine basically to burn wood. And it charges wood with about 15,000 volts of electricity. Oh, wow. And it burns natural, like it looks like lightning into the wood. Are you, but you can't manipulate it at all? Or can you? Ma I can't, I can't. I can tell it where not to go, but I can't tell it what to do while it's in there. So That's if every single piece is completely unique... And what this, I started doing it just kind of sitting in the garage, kind oh, of hanging yeah. out. Kids were down and just doing it as art, burning skateboards. And then I ended up making a, uh, a cheese board and, and then it kind of all came together. Uh, she was like, Hey, 
you got to do this, you know, add it and, and we basically, we started, we started the company and we called it Vidani Burns. That's so so uh, obviously Biden means wild. So well, I was going to say you can't like, it's almost more beautiful when you just naturally let it do its thing. And you can't control it. You can't ex- make it up. Exactly. You know? and, and part of the thing is, and this is what kind of drew me to it was that it's extremely deadly to do. So one shock from it, you'll die instantly. Oh, no. So I have several different safety switches where I have to stand far from it and do it. But it's now turned into a full fledged uh, business. So we're it's selling dope. cheese boards constantly uh we have a etsy shop set up uh we have our instagram vitany burns uh yeah. we we just moved our website now now i'm doing furniture tables Take it every chairs <laughs> it's gone kind of crazy so and, and now i'm, I'm kind of split almost 50 50 between woodworking and chefing <laughs> well you make the food that you put it on the table and that's it, it and that's together. it all kind of comes full circle so like i make the food and now i'm serving so when i do my steaks and stuff we put it on the vitany board we're doing cheese boards we put it on the vitany board and it's turned kind of crazy. But you take it to the next level. Not only are you making the table and cooking the food, but then you're also hunting the food. Exactly. I, I saw so. that you're like a big <laughs> bow and arrow. You're in the woods literally hunting these animals. That is. So I'm a I'm an avid bow hunter. Um, yeah. I am a big advocate of, of field to table. Yeah. So I, I love knowing exactly where my food came from. So I go out and I, I shoot mainly archery. Uh, I practice daily to yeah, that's archery. Cool. And that's what it takes to go out there, you need to be fit. You need to be able to be against this animal in the wild and you're challenging them in their space. So you need to be able to commit to that. And then also we practice daily because I don't want to wound an animal. I don't want to just leave it to die. Right. Nature is brutal. So we practice to make ethical kills and then I do everything from there myself. So Take I butcher it, yeah. I clean it, I portion it into steaks. And we feed the family with it, and and I get to tell the story, and I know exactly what it ate, and I compare what it ate with its surroundings. So like, you get sage from uh, uh, up north, or not sage, you get a deer from up north. You you know it ate sage. You put sage into the food as well. It it brings it together. Oh, I mean, you're I don't know if humanizing is the right word, but you're humanizing the creature, and like you're almost giving it like a level of respect there when you're kind of for in, sure. You know what I mean. Y- uh, we definitely we use every part of the animal as well. Like I mean, the I've I've turned femur bones into knives. Nice. You know what I mean? We make stock with all the bones. Nothing goes to waste. This is how they do it in Hayastan, though. I mean, like there, it's pr- that's why I always kind of felt okay with like when I think about meat industry or when I think about you know there it's you know it's uh there's not big packing houses. I haven't seen any you know big factories no, with a bunch aren't. of cows. You know, it's like it's. It's whatever's in the backyard. We kill it. We kill it on the spot. Exactly. And, uh, and we don't take it for granted. We exactly. eat every part. I mean, I'm sure you saw that out there too. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just, you, I, I get, sometimes I get people like commenting on like my Instagram and stuff like that. Oh, can you kill an animal? Oh, in my country, we don't do this. I was like, what country are you talking about? Oh, I'm in Armenia, I don't do this. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. You buy a lamb on the side of the road and just slit its throat. It's right yeah. there. It's brutal. And then, I mean, the, the lamb, it didn't, it didn't like live an amazing life. It's been in a pen. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. These animals, I like, go out and it's, you got fair chase. And, and they're out there and you're it's lived its life and now you get to enjoy that you know we're we're humans we eat meat if it's not us <laughs> if it's not us it's gonna be the wolves oh or, it's not a, and they're not graceful about it i'll and tell hey, you that. i mean i'll say for armenians it's uh, it's not so pretty out there for us either we got our own wolves out there exactly so. <laughs> we got to survive 100 so. percent um but yeah how do uh, if there's anything else i mean ara this was awesome man thank you guys thank you guys so much this was great thanks for having me yeah, man, this has been amazing. I, I hope everybody who's listening goes out there, gets this book, because it really is a lot of great 
recipes and made right. That's it. That's I like important it. too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Ara. Thank you guys so much. It was great. You've been listening to High Two Talks, the official podcast of the AYF West. I'm Haig Minasian. And I'm Haro Bird. And we're just a couple of Armenians eating in the world. A couple of Armenians talking in the world.